greatest weapon of all. First step in solving any problem is recognizing there is one. It's time we started this. Pain isn't something we thought. All we can ever do for our heroes is remember them. And they gave up two lives. The one they were living in and the one they would have lived. They gave up everything for our country, for us. They pray for freedom and justice. Some veterans not getting the timely care that they need. Less than 1% of Americans serving in uniform. Good news is, is that in recent years, we've made historic investments to boost the VA budget. What is it? Why should we care? We should care about press freedom because... Because we were informed. In democratic societies, free, diverse, and pluralist media enable public debates and are essential checks You don't look status. Let's discuss. Uh, hey guys, uh, welcome to <clears throat> Vet to Vet podcast, a new episode. Yep. Um, Season 4, episode 8. Today we are we're gonna continue talking about PTSD. Today uh, we talk about PTSD rating scale. Yeah, lately I've been getting a lot of guys talking about getting reevaluated for mental health disorders, especially PTSD. So try to refresh this and help you guys out with that stuff. Yeah, now most of the veterans are in the dark about how the VA actually determines the rating for PTSD. So if a veteran is granted a service-connected disability for PTSD, the VA will assign a rating based on the current severity of the symptoms and not on the severity of the stressful event. And the VA actually has published regulations on how it's supposed to rate PTSD claims. And the problem is that it's just one set of regulations buried within thousands of VA regulations. And so below we're going to talk about some specific uh, issues with uh, VA uh, ratings for PTSD and how it's calculated. And uh, of course, you know, before listening to this one, uh, we would uh, encourage you to go to season two, episode two, which talks about PTSD in general. And so let's uh, go into the topic. Uh, VA disability compensation for PTSD, a little recap. In order to obtain VA disability compensation for PTSD, a veteran must prove the following. One, a stressor event. The VA places the burden on the veteran to first provide evidence that an in-service stressful event called a stressor occurred. The VA will concede except the stressor without further proof for veterans who have received a combat-related award or decoration such as the Combat Infantry Badge, Purple Heart, or any number of individual awards for valor. The next major thing is the diagnosis. The veteran must have a diagnosis of PTSD from a medical expert such as a psychologist or psychiatrist. Counselors do not qualify. Additionally, the diagnosis for PTSD must be the result or connected to one or more provable in-service stressors. This is generally referred to as a nexus. So make sure you talk about military yeah uh, there are certain uh, challenges to get the right uh, VA PTSD uh, ratings rating and so we're going to talk about that a little bit as well yeah so the five reasons it is a challenge to get the right VA PTSD rating 
Number one, veterans facing the limitations of PTSD connection are already at their mental limits, meaning it is next to impossible to keep track of the VA red tape and evidence needed to establish the right VA PTSD rating. Number two, PTSD is a latent condition, meaning that it doesn't always arise on the battlefield. Because it often arrives later in life after service, it can be hard to convince the VA service-connected PTSD, no less give you the correct VA PTSD rating. So a lot of guys kind of keep it to themselves. A lot of Vietnam vets, Korean vets, World War II guys, for the most part. And so there's not a lot of current records showing that anything's bugging them. And mm -hmm. so it gets hard to prove that there's something going on even though the vast majority of their family members could talk about it. Number three, the VA regulations governing VA PTSD ratings and the PTSD claims are rewritten frequently. Many of these rewrites are pitched as being vet-friendly or liberalizing rules to make the process easier. When they are put into practice, it turns out the new VA PTSD rating or service-connected rules or regulations make the claim harder and are anti-veteran. So a lot of you guys that have actually applied for this and had to get reevaluated kind of understand what this means when it comes to like what the hell's going on kind of a deal. And so this is a lot of things that vets deal with. Number four, the VA has created a bottleneck in the VA PTSD claims by finding PTSD cannot be service connected until a doctor who bread and butter by the VA con concludes that there is a a requisite nexus, this can dramatically delay the amount of time it takes you to get approved for v VA PTSD rating. So like when they send you to these outside doctors, sometimes you're not talking about service, you're talking about the stress of going through a divorce, losing your house, losing your job, paying child support, something like that. So that outside doctor is only hearing you talk about the things that are currently bothering you and not the root of all this stuff. And so they could deny you saying, well, this is a family issue, not a military issue. And then you go on through the appeals and that's taken longer. And number five, there's still a huge stigma associated with mental health conditions. Even today with all the advancements in medical science, if a veteran has a disability that affects him or her from the neck down, she is a hero. And yeah, some of these guys are worried about having that label, you know, but to me, it is what it is. So if you're dealing with it, at least try to solve it in some kind of way or learn how to manage it really, because there's really no cure from what I've seen, but I've seen a lot of ways to learn how to manage it better more than anything. Yeah. So before we go to, um, how to directly connect uh, our events that occurred in, in service with uh, uh, actual PTSD uh, diagnosis. Uh, let's overview a little bit about uh, the PTSD itself. PTSD is a mental health condition that occurs as a result of experiencing a distressing, shocking, or otherwise traumatic event. Many veterans develop PTSD from events they witnessed or experienced during their military service. PTSD can be diagnosed by a medical professional, whether it be a therapist, psychiatrist, or general practitioner. 
It is important to note that the symptoms and severity of PTSD can vary from person to person. However, the most common symptoms include re-experiencing the trauma through intrusive, distressing recollections of the event, flashbacks and nightmares, emotional numbness and avoidance of places, people and activities that are reminders of the trauma, increased arousal such as difficulty sleeping and concentrating, feeling jumpy and being is easily irritated and angered. Yeah. Yeah, so the veterans may be eligible to receive VA disability benefits for PTSD if they experience a traumatic event during the service. And uh, how have the above-mentioned symptoms as a result? So this traumatic event or incident that caused the veterans PTSD is known to VA as a stressor. And uh, of course, the veterans can have multiple stressors, which can come in various forms. And now we go to direct service connection for PTSD. To obtain direct service connection for PTSD, veterans must demonstrate the following to the VA. A current, a current diagnosis of PTSD. It is important to note that veterans will not be eligible to receive VA disability benefits if they are not currently diagnosed with PTSD. For service-connected purposes, VA requires a formal diagnosis from a qualified healthcare professional whether it be a therapist, psychiatrist, or general practitioner, made using the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of the Mental Disorders of the 5th edition of the DSM. A statement from the veteran about the stressor that occurred during service. So, generally speaking, the occurrence of the stress stressor should be consistent with the circumstances of the veteran's service. In some cases, the veteran will have to provide VA with evidence to corroborate the reported stressor. Corroborating evidence involves evidence from a source other than the veteran supporting the claim that the in-service stressor occurred. Such evidence can include buddy statements, military records, newspaper articles, police reports, and more. So when you guys are doing the stressor statement, that actually has to be on a VA form. And so make sure you're using the VA form. It's a 21-0781. And that's the PTSD stressor. And so you could use that to write your statement and your story in there. If you write it on a blank sheet of paper, they'll tell you to put it on the form. And the last thing is a medical opinion that the stressor was sufficient enough to cause PTSD from a VA psychologist, psychiatrist, or someone under the contract with the VA. So like those outside medical exams that we all go to. The last step in proving PTSD to the VA involves establishing a medical nexus between your PTSD and the in-service stressor. Importantly, a medical nexus is not required in cases where PTSD is presumed to be connected to your service. For example, combat exposure, fear of hostile military or terrorist activity, prisoner of war, military sexual trauma. However, when medical nexus is necessary, it must demonstrate that your PTSD is at least as likely as not related to your in-service stressor. VA will likely obtain a medical opinion regarding this nexus, but it is important to note that you are able to seek an outside opinion from a psychological expert as well. Once a veteran is service-connected, VA rates this condition under the 38 CFR 4.130 under the Diagnostic Code 9411. 
So uh, how VA evaluates PTSD for disability compensation? So first, the VA relies on two different sources when assessing a claim for PTSD. The first of which is an outside source, the DSM-5. Required criteria for VA diagnosis of PTSD is found in the manual, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. This is the authority for psych psychiatric diagnosis and research published by the American Psychiatric Association. Well, DSM-5 uh, you can easily find uh, online, even on a VA website, I believe. Uh, and uh, that's definitely a manual, or at least uh, something uh, to read uh, at least a chapter for PTSD if you are actually applying for uh, PTSD. Yeah, um, just have an understanding on what PTSD actually is. Mm -hmm. And number two, the VA's official rating schedule in the Code of Federal Regulations. You'll find this online in 38 CFR 4.130, the schedule of ratings for mental disorders. And, uh, and PTSD has been assigned to a new chapter and category within DSM-5 called uh, trauma and stress-related disorders. And previously PTSD was categorized under anxiety disorders. It doesn't change much. Yes. But uh, the schedule changed a little bit. Especially if you have it. Yep. Uh, and also before August 2014, uh, VA used the Global Assessment of Functioning GAF score to rate PTSD and other veterans' mental and health disabilities. And as of August 2014, uh, VA adopted the DSM-5, which does not use uh, GAF scores. So PTSD disability claims received by VA or that were pending VA review uh, on or after August 4th, 2014 will be evaluated under DSM-5 diagnosis. Um, I don't know if it's uh, uh, of value right now since we are in 2020, uh, but uh, if you somehow uh, go for uh, increase and previously you were rated uh, under different DSM or before 2014 uh, so you might refresh your memory. Your service connect connection for PTSD is presumed when the following events are met. You have medical evidence of a PTSD diagnosis, you have a, a link established by medical evidence between current symptoms and the in-service stressor, and credible supporting evidence that the claimed in-service stressor actually occurred. Providing the nexus is a very tough task, especially when the stressor event is often undocumented and seemingly unprovable. To help in this area, the VA has made provisions where under the right circumstances, you may not need to prove the actual event from written military records, but in other ways such as lay testimony and other sources. Um. Coming to compensation and pension CNP exams for PTSD. The above background is important because the veteran will be asked to attend a CNP evaluation to decide whether you have a valid diagnosis of PTSD. So this is the outside medical examiners that they send us to. 
The VA requires that your PTSD diagnosis is made by a health professional who is specifically qualified to diagnose PTSD in veteran cases. These examiners will be board certified or board eligible psychiatrists or licensed doctorate level psychologists or other credential or qualified mental health professionals acting under the close supervision of a board certified or board eligible psychiatrist or licensed doctor level psychologist. The long and short of it is if you file a PTSD the long and short of it is if you file a PTSD claim for disability even if you already have an outside doctor's diagnosis of PTSD the VA will likely require you to undergo the CNP exam for, for the PTSD condition. The examiner will be trained and proficient in the DSM-5 diagnostic requirements and evaluation methods for PTSD. So let's look at the criteria. Uh, under DSM-5. All of the conditions included in the new DSM-5 chapter trauma and stressor-related disorders require exposure to a traumatic or stressor event as a diagnostic standard. The disturbance, regardless of its trigger, causes clinically significant distress or impairment in the veteran's social interactions, capacity to work, or other important areas of functioning. It is not the psychological result of another medical condition, medication, drugs, or alcohol. The PTSD criteria A, one of these is required, and this is one of the stressors. So the person was exposed to death, threatened death, actual or threatened serious injury, or actual or threatened sexual violence in the following way. Direct exposure, witnessing the trauma, learning that a relative or close friend was exposed to trauma, and direct exposure to adverse details of the trauma, usually in the course of professional duties, so first responders, medics, things like that. PTSD criteria for B, intrusion symptoms. The traumatic event is persistently re-experienced in the following ways, unwanted upsetting memories, nightmares, flashbacks, emotional distress after exposure of the traumatic uh, reminders, and physical reaction after exposure to traumatic reminders. The criteria for C, avoidance of trauma-related stimulus after the trauma in the following ways, trauma-related thoughts or feelings, trauma-related reminders. So those are like those things that just can't get out of your head. PTSD criteria D, two of these is required, negative alterations in cognition and mood. Negative thoughts or feelings that begin or worsen after the trauma in the following ways. Inability to recall key fe features of the trauma. Overly negative thoughts and assumptions about oneself or the world. Exaggerated blame of self or others for causing the trauma. Negative effect. Decreased interest in activities. Feeling isolated. Difficulty in experiencing positive effects. PTS criterion E. You need two of these. And these are alterations in arousal and reaction. Trauma-related ar arousal and reactivity that begin or worsen after the trauma in the following ways. Irritability or aggression, risky or destructive behavior, hypervigilance, heightened startle reaction, difficulty concentrating, and difficulty sleeping. PTSD criteria F, duration of symptoms. Symptoms last for more than one month. So one month, you know, a lot of you guys are living with this for years.
So don't be BSing yourself. PS, PTSD criteria G, functional significance. Symptoms create distress or functional impairment. For example, social, occupational impairments. You know, you don't really talk to people or you want to try to cuss out your boss or coworkers. Mm-hmm. PTSD criteria H, exclusion. Symptoms are not due to medications, symptoms, abuse, or other illnesses. So this isn't just some randomness. This is a thing that's because of an event. Two uh, specifications. Disassociative specification. In addition to meeting the criteria for diagnosis, an individual experiences high levels of either the following in reaction to trauma-related stimulus. Personalization, experience of being an outside observer of or detached from oneself, feeling as if this is not happening to me or somewhat like feeling like it's a dream. And derealization, experience of unreality, distance or distortion, example, things are not real. Delayed specification. Full diagnostic criteria are not met until at least six months after the trauma, although onset of symptoms may occur immediately. So usually after six months is when they start, is when they're supposed to start saying that a condition is chronic. So, um, so how actually VA rates PTSD? So, aside from eating disorders, VA rates all mental health conditions using the same diagnostic criteria. So it doesn't matter necessarily if it's a PTSD claim, depression, anxiety, schizophrenic, all that stuff is pretty much rated the same exact way. Mental health conditions are rated at zero, 10, 30, 50, 70, or 100% using the VA general rating formula for mental disorders. So there's no in between. So there's no 20s, there's no 40s, there's no 60s, there's no 80s, you know, it's just, the 10, 30, 50, 70, or 100, or zero. Which is not bad as well. Yeah, zeros are good, so don't get too pissed off at that. You always have a chance to push that up. So a 10% PTSD disability rating, 10% on the PTSD rating scale is the lowest compensationable rating offered by the VA's rating criteria for mental disorders. As such, the rating criteria reflects very minimal and often well-controlled symptoms. When assigning a 10% rating, the VA will look for occupational and social impairment due to mild or transient symptoms, decreased work efficiency and ability to perform occupational tasks only during periods of significant stress, or symptoms controlled by continuous medication. In this case, a veteran may experience certain PTSD symptoms that are exaggerated or during periods of stress but ultimately do not impair their ability to work in most occupations. Furthermore, the increase in the severity of PTSD symptoms during periods of stress implies that the symptoms tend to be episodic. This means that they are not always present and therefore do not significantly interfere with the occupational and social functioning. Moreover, when symptoms are present, moreover, when symptoms are present, it is likely that they can be managed with treatment or medication. Overall, a 10% rating on the PTSD rating scale reflects a low level of disability. And some people can manage it. It it all goes, it all depends on the individual. So one person could think 
this event wasn't that big of a deal and another person thinks, oh hell, what the hell was that? So don't worry about if you guys were in the same foxhole together and one guy got a 10, the other guy got a 100. It really just depends on how it affects you. Mm -hmm. So 30%. Again, in each ruling under the general rating formula for mental disorders has specific criteria that a veteran must meet in order to receive the evaluation. The criteria for a 30% rating on PTSD are as follows. Occupational and social impairment with occasional decrease in work efficiency and intermediate periods of inability to perform occupational tasks. Although generally functioning satisfactory with routine behavior, self-care, and uh, conversation normal. Due to such symptoms as depressed mood, anxiety, suspiciousness, panic attacks, weekly or less often. Chronic sleep impairment, mild memory loss, such as forgetting names, directions, and recent events. The criteria for 30% PTSD rating outlined above are meant to represent mild PTSD symptoms. In this case, occasional decrease in work efficiency and intermediate periods of inability to perform occupational tasks might mean that you are starting to periodically miss work due to your lack of motivation associated with PTSD. However, your PTSD does not fully prevent you from performing and succeeding in work environment. Furthermore, you may experience symptoms in, such as a depressed mood, anxiety, and panic attacks. This may cause you to occasionally isolate yourself, but does not completely prohibit you from maintaining your relationships with others. Overall, a 30% PTSD rating is a sign when a veteran demonstrates these symptoms in a mild manner intermittently over time. Yeah, 50% uh, uh, is a... Uh at least uh, in my eyes, it's a little it's much more severe than, you know, previous, you know, 30% or 10%. Yeah. Occupational and social impairment with reduced reliability and productivity due to such symptoms as flattened effect, circumstantial and circulatory or stereotype speech, panic attacks more often than once a week, difficulty in understanding complex commands, impairment of short and long-term memory, uh, which is like retention of only high, highly learned material, forgetting the complete task, impaired judgment, impaired abstract thinking, disturbance of motivation and mood, difficulty in establishing and maintaining effective work and social relationships. The 50% PTSD rating criteria involve an escalation in the frequency, duration, and severity of the PTSD symptoms from the lower ratings, and also includes several additional symptoms if you receive a 50% PTSD rating, it is likely that you are beginning to display more noticeable cognitive defects such as difficulty following instructions or making decisions that depart from past behavior. Additionally, some of the mood-associated symptomology, including depression and anxiety, may begin to manifest in physical ways such as a flattened effect. In other words, due to feelings of depression, you uh, might speak in a monotone <laughs> and lack of facial expressions. The, the overall level of occupational and social impairment also increases as part of 50% PTSD rating. Here symptoms mentioned above cause a decrease in your ability to efficient, efficiently complete work-related tasks. I laugh at that because I think I sound like Ben Stein. <laughs> <laughs> so 70%. PTSD disability rating is one step below the highest schedule rating for the condition. Yeah, and this is 
50, 70% is like the basic average that I see for a lot of vets that get approved for a PTSD rating. So this is about the safe zone right here for most of us. A 70% PTSD disability rating is one step below the highest schedule rating for this condition. Many veterans receive a 70% PTSD rating because their symptoms cause significant level of impairment both occupationally and socially. This rating is typically assigned to veterans with PTSD symptoms that are one step below total disabling. The criteria for a 70% on PTSD rating scale are as follows. Occupational and social impairment with deficiencies in most areas such as work, school, family relations, judgment, thinking, or mood due to such symptoms as suicidal ideation, obsessive rituals which interfere with routine activities, speech intermittently illogical or obscure, or irrelevant, near continuous panic or depression affecting the ability to function independently, appropriately, and effectively, impairment and impulse control such as unprovoked irritability with periods of violence, spattle disorientation, neglect of personal appearance and hygiene, difficulty in adapting to stressful circumstances including work or work-like settings, the inability to establish and maintain effective relationships. The 70% disability rating criteria for PTSD are the most inclusive insofar as they represent a wide array of symptoms. Furthermore, they also reflect a progression of the symptoms included in the lower disability ratings. Namely, a veteran who receives a 70% PTSD rating suffers from all the symptoms included in the 50% rating, but at a higher frequency, severity, and duration. Here, the veteran is almost always in a state of panic or depression that affects their ability to interact with others. The veteran may also have trouble controlling their emotions in ways that lead to violent outbursts or conflict with others. The level of occupational and social impairment may be evidenced by the veteran's inability to hold down a job or complete classes for school. Additionally, a veteran may engage in um, obsessive rituals such as checking the locks on the doors multiple times throughout the course of a day as a result of being hypervigilant. Uh, the highest one is uh, 100% and it's often difficult to obtain from VA because it requires the veterans uh, symptoms to be so severe that they are totally impaired and unable to function in uh, everyday life. And so while the symptoms listed in the 70% uh, rating criteria involve a high level of impairment, the jump to 100% remains uh, significant. So what you're looking for here is total occupational and social impairment due to such symptoms as gross impairment in thought process or communications, persistent delusions or hallucinations, grossly inappropriate behavior, persistent danger of hurting self or others, intermediate inability to perform activities of daily living including maintenance of own minimal personal hygiene, disorientation to time, place, memory loss for names of close relatives, own occupation or own name, the above-mentioned symptoms represent a substantial decline in cognitive and emotional functioning as compared to the rating criteria for lower percentages. Importantly, this, de this decline results in a total impairment when it comes to a veteran's work life and personal life. Specifically, a veteran may experience hearing voices or perceiving things that are not actually present. Self-injurious behaviors and suicidal attempts are consistent with the 100% rating. In addition to this suicide 
suicidality, 100% of on the PTSD rating scale also includes homicidal ideation in which the veteran might have thoughts of harming others. An intermediate inability to perform activities of daily living can involve a veteran feeling too depressed to get out of bed, take a shower, or change clothes. All of these symptoms and behaviors are consistent with the highest level of impairment reflecting, reflected by the rating uh, criteria. Uh, so, do veterans need to have all of the symptoms listed to receive a PTSD rating? So as mentioned above, the general rating formula for mental health disorders include a large number of symptoms for each disability rating. Importantly, a veteran does not need to exhibit all of these symptoms in order to qualify for each specific rating. For example, a veteran who only experiences suicidal ideation and near-continuous panic or depression still falls under the 70% PTSD disability rating according to the VA law, specifically the Court of, of Appeals for Veteran Claims. Uh, Maurerhan versus uh, Principi established that the symptoms listed in the diagnostic code 9411 for PTSD are not intended to const constitute an exhaustive list, but rather serve as an example of the type and degree of symptoms or their effects that would justify a particular rating. Therefore, a veteran can have any number of symptoms listed in the rating criteria and still meet that level of evaluation. Yeah, the easiest way is to go through those criteria that we mentioned before, like A, B, C, D, E, F. Yeah, and for a lot of guys that have PTSD, when you're looking at how they rate you, it kind of feels like they're describing you a little bit. So mm -hmm. you have an idea where you kind of fall. So what if your symptoms are consistent with, consistent with more than uh, one PTSD rating? So since PTSD is a complex condition and many of the symptoms within the rating criteria overlap, you may not fall completely into one percentage category. For example, you may experience mild memory loss in addition to impaired judgment and flattened effect, meaning your symptoms are consistent with both the 30% and a 50% rating on the PTSD scale. Since it's not possible to split the difference between the two ratings, VA must choose one, one to award. In these cases, VA should award the higher rating based on the 38 CFR 4.7 specifically when there is a question to as to which of the two evaluations should be applied, the higher evaluation will be assessed if the disability more clearly meets the criteria requiring for that rating. So they should give you the benefit of doubt. Um, what about total disability based on individual unemployability uh, based on PTSD? Yeah, so importantly, if your PTSD significantly impairs your ability to work, you may be eligible for a total disability rating based on the individual unemployability or the TDIU or IU. A VA benefit that allows the veterans to receive the compensation at the 100% rate if their service-connected conditions prevent them from securing and maintaining substantial and gainful employment. There are two ways the veteran can qualify for the TDIU based on the PTSD under the VA regulations of 38 CFR 4.16, scheduler and extra scheduler. In order to be eligible for the scheduler TDIU, you, your PTSD must be rated at 60% or higher on its own. So that means you gotta have that 70% rating. Or you must have a combined rating of 70% or higher with when your PTSD is taken in, 
together with other service-connected conditions, and at least one of those conditions is rated at 40% or higher on its own. If you do not meet the eligibility requirements listed above, but you are unemployable due to your PTSD, you may qualify for the TDIU on an extra scheduler basis. In both cases, you must show that the PTSD, along with your other service-connected conditions, if it's applicable, contribute to your inability to work. So only talk about the conditions the VA is paying you for and make sure that if you're on that second stage for the unemployable that you have at least one rating at 40% or higher, but your overall is 70 or higher. So let's say you got a 50 for the PTSD, 40 for your back and 30 for headaches. Then you'd be able to go for the unemployable. Um, yeah, we uh, covered uh, most of the things uh, that uh, you need to, do, to know for PTSD ratings. Uh, if you want to go a little bit in depth, then uh, read the chapter in DSM-5 or the chapter in uh, CFR that deals with uh, uh, PTSD. Uh, here also you can follow the link on the screen uh, for some uh, additional PTSD assessment instruments that you might have to fill uh, when you go to CNP exam or a doctor's office or at VA. So they would give you an idea of uh, what uh, kind of test you actually uh, uh, can expect from VA or what, uh, what you know, kind of uh, uh, situations from your story you got to present to VA in order to get assessed for PTSD. Mm -hmm. So that's it guys for today uh, and as always you have any movie, stuff, a book to recommend? Yeah, so there's a ridiculously funny comedian named Ben Hoffman. He has a new show on Netflix called Hoops about a high school basketball coach. So check that out, it is seriously funny. It's a good show. And a quote or what's words of wisdom of the day? There is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. Said by Teach Not Han. That's it, folks. Thank you for listening. Until next time, over and out. Thank you.